Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Things are pretty crazy in our world today, aren't they? I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and he's like, "What do you think of what do you think about what's going on over in the Middle East?" You know, the leader of Israel asking Jews to return home, and you know, beheadings of Christians, and you know, I just I wonder what it would be like, and could it ever be like that in our own country that that we would be persecuted or prosecuted or hurt because of what we believe. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do know there are people all over our world who, who risk their, their very life and their very breath for believing in the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, I, I think that's probably part of what's happening in the world that, that this letter is, is being written into as well. There are people who are being persecuted be, because of what they believe in. And, and their beliefs are changing because when Jesus came, he, he changed things. Never to be the same after that moment in time when He was crucified and He rose again. There have been other instances in our own culture. You know, my mind goes to Columbine, you know, years ago when, when two gunmen went rampaged through Columbine High School and, and we have the, the testimony of some of the kids where, where one of the gunmen, you know, at, was asking kids if, if they believed in Jesus and if they answered yes, he pulled the trigger. And what would your answer be? What would my answer be in that situation? Uh, now, that is the ultimate radical view of, of having your faith tested. What about those more subtle things on a daily basis when our faith is tested and, and, and we are confronted with things where we can choose one direction or the other, one decision or the other? And, and what we've been learning along through the book of Colossians is there are things that we need to be cautious of. There are things we need to be aware of. There are heresies that can enter our conversations and, and that we see on television. We need to have roots in the Word of God so that when we're confronted with those things, we know what the right answer is and, and we can stand on our faith. You know, I, how, how have you been doing with... I mean, I've given you and I've given myself, to be honest with you, five solid weeks to memorize Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And, and I wonder how many of you have, have committed that to memory. Now, I still have to kind of think about it as I'm, I'm, I'm going through it. But, but I, and it, of course, it depends on what translation you are, you are memorizing it as, in, as well. But the, the new NIV, which is kind of how I ended up because that's what's on my phone, memorizing it in, says, So then, having received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, um, strengthened in strengthened in the faith that you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, I mean, if you can think about that verse every day for a month, uh, I was having a conversation with my son a week and a half ago, and, and those of you that have been praying for him and his, his college adventure, I appreciate it. it. 
he was telling me about all the memory verses that he has memorized in the last two weeks, and he's rattling them off. And, and, he, and he, he repeats this like three or four verse um, passage that he memorized, and I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. He goes, yeah, I learned that one yesterday. I, it, people like that really frustrate me. You know, they remember stuff well, and, and I, 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 what a blessing to be able to, to put Bible passages away like that. I, I have to really struggle through those, but, but, but that is a part of this. And, and, and as we live our lives in that way, every day um, we need to live our life in that way, rooted in Him, built up in Him, strengthened in Him, overflowing with thankfulness. And, and I believe that, that, that as we live that way, that, that that's what happens. We, we, we begin to recognize things in our life, blessings, even in the midst of difficult, horrible things. We, we recognize that God is there and that He's working. Now, remember the message from five weeks ago. What were we encouraged to do? What, what, the very first message, what, what was that message all about? What, what were we to do for one another? Did you say encourage? That's a good thing, but that's not what it was. Pray. Yes, thank you. To pray for one another specifically. Um, and, and that's actually how Paul is concluding this letter because prayer is so important in our lives. All things, we acknowledge, come from the Lord. All good and perfect gifts, all strength, all power to, to live life and in, in, in to be rooted in the first place, to be built up, comes from from him and he's the one that we turn to when we not when we just think we need those things but every day as we live our lives turn with me if you would to Colossians chapter 4 Colossians 4 and we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 6 Colossians 4 2 through 6 Just six verses. Should take ten minutes, right? Paul says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, the first thing that Paul says is you need to com be committed to prayer. A commitment to, we can have and need to have a commitment to prayer in our lives. Devote yourselves to prayer, Paul says. In regards to prayer, Paul says be devoted. Be devoted. And devoted means to be steadfastly attentive to, to to persevere and not faint. I would add to not give up, to persist. And in our culture today, you know, what, what happens when, if, you're on a, if you're on the prayer chain? What happens when a, a prayer request comes over the prayer chain? It, it, do you pray for it right then and then forget about it until another one comes? Or, or do you, you pray without ceasing? You know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, Be joyful always. Pray continually. You know, if you have the New American Standard, it says pray without ceasing. What does that look like? What does that mean? I, and I think it's like, you know, I think it's, it's prayer becoming so, so much a part of us that, that we don't even think about it. 
You know, like how many times do you blink your eyes in a day or how many breaths do you take in a day and do you ever think about it? You are now, aren't you? I think there are times when, when we are intentional about how we breathe and, and maybe how we blink our eyes. And there are others, um, and, and that's not a really great analogy because it's not a learned habit, it's just what our body does. But, but I think prayer can come to the same point where, where, where every conversation we have, where every connection or communication with a person afterwards, we're, we're, we're having a conversation with the Lord about that situation. We're, we're ask, I mean, I... I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I find myself watching the Wyoming Cowboys having a conversation with God. Now, I don't know if he cares about basketball. You think he does? Absolutely. You know, I, I don't know, but, but, but there are times in my life where prayer becomes just, a, just such a part of it that even in those times when, when it sort of crosses my mind that he wouldn't even really care about this, that I'm having a conversation with him about Devote yourselves, Paul says. Um, with perseverance, pray. Because again, that's where the power to live our lives comes from. God strengthens us day after day after day um, in order to make it as His servants. That power comes from the Lord. Uh, prayer, is, prayer is like you know, our jump, jumper cables to, to the power of God. It, it's... It's, it's what makes that connection. Um, and, and that power, it, it, we get that strength to stand up against whatever we may face in this broken down, sin-filled world that we live in. And it can be difficult. You know, devotion, sticking to it, it's not a flash-in-the-pan thing. If we stumble, if we wake up one day and realize we haven't been praying continually, what do we do? We start again. We start again. Um, early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions. I just love this illustration. Each one reportedly had a separate spot in a thicket out kind of in the woods where he would pour out his heart to God and it became a, a continual constant thing where they would do this. And as a result, um, over time, there were well-worn paths to these places where these people would go to spend their their quiet time or their personal time in devotion to the Lord. And as a result, if one of these believers began to neglect their private time and their private time to prayer, what would happen? The, their path would start to cover with grass and things would grow into it and, and it would become apparent to other people. And, and it says that they would kindly remind the, neg the, the negligent one, brother, the grass grows in your path. The grass is growing on your path. Um, and, and a question I would have when it comes to devotion and prayer is, is the grass growing on your path? And if it is, start walking that path again. Now, as a part of this devotion, Paul says we are to be watchful. We are to be watchful. Keep guard. Be aware, Paul says, of what's going around you all the time. And now, there, there was this game that we played when, when we were younger, and, and it was a game where you didn't, need, you didn't need anything. You didn't need props, or you didn't need anything like that um, to play it. And uh, we would play it a lot after church, and you know, before long, somebody would do this, and they would run away. Right? Anybody ever play tag when you were growing up? I mean, is there anybody that didn't? I mean, honestly, really. I mean, we all played tag. And there are a couple tricks to the game of tag, aren't there? One is, one trick is, 
you don't want to let anybody know that you're it. I mean, part of the goal, if you're having trouble tagging someone, is to convince them that you're not it. So that you can do what? Get close to them and tag them. And, and the other thing, uh, the other thing that, that, that you do is, uh, as you're running around, you're, you, you maybe pretend like you're chasing one person, right? And so the other person, what do they do? They don't pay as much attention to you because you're chasing somebody else. And then before long, they've turned and they've touched you. Right? So when you're playing tag, one of the most important things to do is to be aware, to be conscious of what's going on. And, and if you get lazy in the game of tag, you're going to be it a lot. Right? You know, Paul right here is telling us, you know, don't leave your spirituality up to chance. Don't, don't be unaware. Don't wander through life unintentionally. Don't let the pursuit of wealth and happiness get in the way of your relationship with Christ. Don't spend time every day doing things that, that, that are, are simply a, a waste of time. That, that there's, there's, there's nothing that can be gained from them. Spend, but, but yet, spend time every day, Paul says, in prayer. And, and when we do, it will keep our spirits sensitive to what's going on around us. You know, 1 Peter 5.8, Peter says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he's not often roaring and letting you know that he's there. He wants to get you separated from the family of God. He wants to get you whining and crying to God and, and how unfair life is. And, and He wants to get you complaining about the color of the carpet and the color of the walls and how the doors are hung and etc., etc., etc. Because He knows when He can get you to do that that your eyes are no longer on Jesus, they're on yourself. And, and as that happens, we become unaware. And Paul says, Remain watchful. And being devoted to prayer and, and being watchful are two things that are very closely tied to one another. And as we are devoted in prayer and we're watchful, Paul says, be thankful. And I think it's just a natural effect, a, a consequence of spending close personal time with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we begin to become thankful for the things that we finally realize when we take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on Him, what He has gifted us with. You know, um, we have breath. Be thankful. We experience death, too, don't we? Um, people that we're close and personal to die. God is faithful, even in those difficult things. And, and as we recognize that, thankfulness will arise. We have health. We have health. We can be thankful for that. Some don't have health. And... and However, you're not thankful for whatever unhealthy thing you're experiencing. There are other things in the midst of that process to be thankful for. Thankfulness can arise even in those times. Um, we experience God's presence. We experience strength in Him. We have the blessing of children. Or maybe we don't. Again, where, where is the focus of life on? And, and as we focus on Him... Thankfulness will overflow. We are the benefactors of people who are gracious and, for, and forgiving in our lives every day. And we come into contact with people who are harsh and hard-hearted. We can still overflow with thankfulness. As we remain devoted in prayer 
and we remain watchful. You, do you see the pattern? See, I, I believe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we're experiencing in life. We can remain faithful and devoted and thankful. Now, I, I, and I don't know if my dad prayed this a lot. I, I pray this a lot with my children. Lord, help us to be aware of your presence even in the midst of what's going on in our lives, whether that's good or bad. While very ill, John Knox, the founder of the Presbyterian Church in Scotland, called to his wife and said this, Read me the scripture where I first cast my anchor. And after he listened to the beautiful prayer of Jesus, which is recorded in John chapter 17, and if you want to jot that down in your notes, it's John chapter 17 is where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and He prays for Himself and He prays for His disciples and He prays for all believers and people from then on. And it says here that as, as John Knox read this, as it was read to him, he seemed to forget his weakness. And his response was to begin to pray. In, in the last moments of his life, he is praying. It said he began to pray, interceding earnestly for his fellow men. He prayed for the ungodly who had thus far rejected the gospel. He pleaded on behalf of people who had been recently converted and he requested protection for the Lord's servants, many of whom were facing persecution. And as John Knox prayed, his spirit went home to be with the Lord. Now, if that's not devotion, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh, may I be devoted to prayer as John Knox was referred to, he was known uh, by, the Queen, by Queen Mary as the man that she feared. This is what she said, I fear his prayers more than I do the armies of my enemies. He ministered through prayer all up until the moment of his death. He prayed. Devoted, watchful, and thankful. May prayer be a constant part of all of our lives. Now, um, there are some ways in which we can be involved in prayer here at North Hills, and Carissa's going to come, and she's going to take 60 seconds. You're on the clock now. Um, but she's just going to give you some, some ways in which you can be a part of prayer here at North Hills. Okay, well, David's already talked about one. Uh, every Monday night at 7 o'clock, there's a prayer group that meets here in the sanctuary. Um, they pray for... Uh, each other, they pray for the congregation, for the pastors, for our county. Um, it's a, a a way to get together with other believers and just pour out pour out your hearts to the Lord um, to pray for each other and with each other. Um, also, uh, we have a prayer chain at church. Um, you can either get an email or a phone call when um, situations arise or um, we want updates on people we have been praying for. Um, if you would want to be a part of the prayer chain, um, to get an email on your Connect card, write, please add me to the prayer chain, here's my email, and that will get to me. If you want to be prayed for, we have a prayer team, so there's four of us. Um, you also can be prayed for by the staff, the prayer team, or the, ch or the prayer chain. Uh, write a prayer request on your Connect card. Circle who you want to know about this request. Um, or you can email me directly, you can call me or Facebook me, 
Um, and my information is on the care team um, posters and stuff under prayer. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Krista. Um, you can also, what I was thinking, if you have something um, that you want specifically prayed for, like yourself for healing or something like that, um, and you're able to come to the Monday night thing, that's great. If you would, you, um, the elders are always available upon request to come to a home and, and pray for someone as well. So please, please be aware of those things. Um, so, so we're to, uh, to be devoted, watchful, and thankful. And then Paul continues in verse 3, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So we are to approach, to approach God on behalf of one another. Or, point number two in your notes is speaking to God about people. Speaking to God about people. We're to, we're to ask God to open doors. Doors for the message of, of the mystery to enter in. Uh, this morning, I'm going to call this gospel speak. Um, gospel speak. When we pray for Prairie Hills Community Church, through um, this is how we are praying. We're praying that the Lord would open doors for conversations to happen about the good news of the gospel. We're praying for the Lord to soften people's hearts. We, we are asking God to aid in the development of relationships with people who don't have a relationship with Christ. People who are on the outside. And in regards to, to Niobrara County, those who will have the most opportunities to impact the people there. We're, we're praying that, that, that those people that will live there, that, that they will have opportunities. Not that, again, that, that all of us would come into con direct contact with them, but we are praying. We are, we are praying on behalf of those who do, who will be in contact with them. We're, we're, for Ty and Sarah and, and others who are going to be a part of the, the launch team of, of that church plant, Prairie Hills Church, pray that the doors will just burst open, that, that, that hearts will, will be wide open to the proclamation of the gospel. Let's pray for, for one another here at, at North Hills and, and for people we know at Bethel and Sunrise and First Baptist Church and other churches in our own county and the surrounding counties that, that God would open doors and that they would be able to proclaim God's message to the people around them. Gospel speak. And then as he opens those doors and provides those relationships, Paul says, pray, cry out to God on behalf of people that we can proclaim or speak clearly. So, so speak to God about people so doors will be open for the message and that our speaking of this message when we do will be clear. And I call this clear speak. Clear speak, proclaiming, you know, Speaking is not an option. I, I think there's a quote that's, that's overused in our, in our culture, and, and it says this. Um, it, now I can't even remember it. it it's, it's like, preach the name of Christ or preach Christ, and if necessary, use words. You know, I, absolutely it takes words. We, we have a message that's, that's given us. And, and I think there are times, definitely, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, where we need to be more about action than words. But, 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 but Paul says right here, pray that we will be able to... Now, think about this, right? This is one of the greatest missionaries 
to ever walk the planet. And what is he asking his fellow believers and Christians in Christ to do? To pray that he would be able to proclaim the message of God clearly. I, I just, I, I'm just amazed by, by that. You know, we, and, and honestly, I don't think it matters where you are at in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether, whether you, you surrendered your life to Christ last week or it's been 50 years. Um, we can all learn and grow in, in how we proclaim the gospel clearly. And, and it, 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 it can be a little bit of, about technique and there's a skill to learn. You know, there's some skill involved, but honestly, what people, people need to, to hear and what they need to sen- get a sense of is... is it's your heart. It's, it's, it's how important it is to you and, and what God has done in your own life. You know, when, I, when I'm sharing with someone and, and, and they say they're willing to hear uh, about my relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, I, I, I use, there's, you know, there's the four spiritual laws, there's Romans Road, there's other, other things that we can use sort of as a guideline. And that's, that's what I would encourage you to do is have, have a guideline when it comes to sharing Christ so that you don't, so that you don't get lost. And, and uh, so, and and the more that you learn that, the more it just becomes a natural thing. You know, I I use the gospel thing. That's kind of how it's all been committed to my, and it's an acronym using the word gospel. And the the first one is, you know, God says that, uh, um, wow, God says everyone has sinned. You know, God says that you've sinned. God says that I've sinned. No one has ever walked the planet Earth and been perfect except one, Jesus Christ. You know, Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin, no, says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, all of us. Um, there is no one above the need for being rescued. Um, oh, oh, is our sins condemn us to hell. You know, that's Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, not, not anyone is exempt from the consequences of sin. You know, so, so, so God says that all have sinned and our sins condemn us to hell. And, and uh, sins cannot be erased by doing good things. You know, I think in our culture, and there are actually religions, and, and, and I would say cults that say, um, you, you just need to be good enough. And, and hope and pray that you make the cut, that, that you end up above the line and not below the line. You know, there, there, isn't, there isn't anything that we can do to erase sin in our life. Uh, it would be like this. Is there anyone in this room that's a really, really, really good swimmer? Come on, you, you can... Joseph, you're a great swimmer. Okay, Joseph Randolph up in the balcony. Let's say, Joseph, it's you and me and Michael Phelps, okay? I think he's probably a little bit better swimmer than you, and I'm pretty sure you're a better swimmer than me. But we're standing on the coast of California, and we're going to swim to Hawaii, okay? Who's going to get there? Nobody is. I don't care how good of a swimmer you are. You can be the greatest swimmer on the planet. You can't swim unaided from California to Hawaii. So, so you see, sin is actually, it's just totally missing the mark. It doesn't matter if it's just a little thing or if it's what we would sort of, 
you know, calculate this really big thing. doesn't matter. We, we all miss the mark. None of us are going to get there. Now, it doesn't matter how good you try to be. You can't get there. Um, sins cannot be erased by good deeds. But the good news here is that paying the price for our sin, Christ died for us. I mean, He, he went to the cross as, as a sacrifice for us. History shows us that, that Jesus was, was, was an actual uh, historical figure. We, we, we see support through that all throughout history. Um, the Bible has been shown to, to be, be true. And, and here's the great thing. Um, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved. You know, John 3.16 says that, wow, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever, what? Believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And, and Paul says in, in Romans 10.9 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, what? That we will be saved. See, Jesus paid that price for us. Um, and that's an amazing thing. And, and everyone who believes will have eternal life. Everyone who believes will be saved. And then, and then here's another one, um, is this, I, I, that, that life eternal, if, if Jesus gives us eternal life, okay, what does eternal life mean, right? Life forever. And, and, and if Jesus gives us eternal life, um, life that's eternal lasts forever. Um, John 10:28 says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You know, the, what that looks like is you and I, we're destined for death. We're destined for hell. And, and it's like, you know, we've got our Walkman on and we're... Our Walkman, wow, that, that dates me a bit. Whatever it is that you're using. And you're getting ready to cross the street and you're just oblivious. You're, you're unaware. You're not being watchful. And you got your music too loud and you're crossing the street down here at Whipple Park and there's this truck hauling down the street here, brakes run out, he can't stop, and he's going to hit you. That's what life is like for us. The consequence of our sin, our distraction, um, we're doomed for death and hell. And, and what happens is, if that's me walking across and Tom sees that and Tom runs out and he pushes me out of the way just in time for me to get out of the way, but he gets hit by the truck. That's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. He took the full force of the consequence of sin. He took it to the cross and He conquered it. And when we put our faith and trust in Him as our Lord and Savior, in His amazing grace, we receive eternal life. And then, and then another question that, that, that we could ask people is, you know, so what do you think about that? Is, what, for what reason would you have for not believing this? And right now, right here, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And they may, I've, I've had people give me excuses and, and it, it, it makes me sad, but I continue to pray for them and look for another open door, another opportunity to share Christ with them. 
So we need to speak clearly and we need to be devoted to praying for one another that that we will in fact do just that. Because honestly, I mean, yes, heaven is going to be great and it's it's all really good and and we come here on Sunday mornings and we get challenged, we get encouraged, but but if it's all us focused and we're we're, we're, we're not trying to help other people see that there's this incredible news and there's this incredible rescuer who wants to snatch you off of the escalator to hell and put you on the escalator to heaven. So we just end up with a big bank account dead. I mean, or nothing. Still dead. You know, I, there's, this is an exciting part of life to see and to be a, a, a tool in the hand of God for someone else to be rescued. And God wants to use us in that way, just as He used Paul. So, praying continually to God on behalf of one another, speaking to God about people, and we also need to speak to people about God. And I know I just got done kind of talking about that quite a bit, but, but Paul goes on here. We need to proclaim the Gospel message clearly, and, and I think there's two ways in which we are to speak to people about God. Paul says, verse 5, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every, every opportunity. How we act is a pretty big deal, isn't it? I call this life speak. Life speak. You know, what people see us do has a huge effect on the genuineness and the reality of our message. How many times have you said this about someone or you've noticed it? You know, he talks a good talk, but his walk not so much. And then usually close by on the heels of that is he's a real hypocrite because he says one thing and he does a completely different thing. Now, you know, I I don't know if you're hypocritical in how you live or not. I mean, some people can point to us and say, gee, I thought you went to that church up on the hill. You know, why did you do this? You know what? We're, we're sinful people. We make mistakes. We make poor, poor decisions and poor choices. There is that, and there is grace. And oftentimes people won't have that. I mean, they want you to fail. They want us to fail. But we need to look at our life speak. You know, how do we act? Um, are we gracious to those that are around us? When, when you're going about through your daily life and you get pulled over for having a taillight out, how do you, how do you respond to the officer? When, when you are at a restaurant and, and you know, the, the restaurant, things are going slow, how do you treat your waitress or your waiter? You know, people are seeing that. They're looking at that. How do you deal with people if you own your own business? Do you, are, are you, are you, you know, grumpy with them all the time? Do you, do you ever smile? Do you ever thank them for, for helping you out? Or, I, I mean, this is our life speak. You know, if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a doctor, if you're, what, whatever you do, the way that you live your life speaks volumes to people about what's going on in, inside of you. And Paul says that we need to make the most of every opportunity. You know, there are some ways in which we can do that. When you 
I was in Taco John's the other day. And one of the gals that works back there, she it'd been a while since I'd been in. I didn't think that long, but she asked me, So are you still the pastor of that church? That Baptist church? Now tell me people aren't watching us. You know, about a year ago her well when when Pastor Stefan was here, uh, he was he was a part of her son's life and he had heard himself skateboarding and, and I had talked to her a few times and was praying and, and her son is now, I mean, and she's, she's telling me his current situation and how he's struggling and, and I, I'm telling you, you know, it's like, you know, I'll be praying for your son. Open door, might be a crack, but it's, you know, if I am in there not aware of this or not, not make, not being careful about how I'm living my life in front of outsiders and I'm grouchy with the people that are behind the counter at Taco John's because they screwed up my meal the last time and I didn't get my meat and potato burrito. Which did happen. Okay? She said if I'd have called right away when I got home, then the next time I came in, they would have given me my meat and potato burrito. Note to self. And then there was the other time where I was less than... I still feel terrible about this. I, I was trying to order a pizza online and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. For an hour, I tried reloading the app. I tried, it wouldn't, I tried online on my phone. I was so frustrated because I really wanted a pizza. So I called them, and I'm like, the online thing doesn't work, so I'd like to order this pizza. And she's like, okay. And I said, I'd like the, you know, the two for seven ninety nine. And she goes, well, that's online only. <sighs> I said, well, I guess I'll get my pizza at Bucks. Click. Now, here's the thing about that. They have caller ID. They know who called them. Now, I don't know if she knows me from Adam, but if she knows that I'm the pastor of this church, what is her now idea of all of you? Seriously. Because if I'm that way, see how that sort of trickles down to the rest of us? I mean, and I say that because we have a great responsibility and a great opportunity to live our lives full of grace and with kindness you know, what is a good tip for a, for, a, for a waiter or a waitress? You know, increase it 10%. Whatever. Don't decrease it. Because they know. They do. They know. And they're making those connections. And, and we need to be careful about that. What is our life speak like? You know, um, how, do you treat, how did you treat the fans of the opposing team or the players of the opposing team this weekend at, at a basketball? Or your own players? I talked to somebody yesterday at halftime of one of the games and I said, you know, when you're yelling, you should make sure you're smiling when you do because that changes the attitude of how you yell. Oh, well, was I... Ne oh, dude, you can't believe how negative you were. And, and this person's spouse was standing right there and they're like, yeah, yeah, you tell him, you tell him. Because it, it you know, we, we just, we have to be, we have to be watchful all the time. You know, we, we, we introduce, Mr. Lashley introduces every game and we do football games and you go to a Wyoming High School Athletic Association event and there's always this statement at the beginning, right? 
that says the Wyoming High School Athletic Association and the, the Student Council would like to remind you to, to as spectators and as, as player athletes, to conduct yourself with, with, uh, with good sportsmanship. And, and in Wyoming, they call it the ride, to, to experience this activity with respect, integrity, dedication, and encouragement. And sometimes you go to a school and they read that and you're like, yeah, right, that's not going to happen here, right? Because there have been some, you've, you've had experiences. And, and, you know, and then the final statement is, that's how we ride. That's how we ride. And if we're going to say it, we need to ride that way, right? So we have this great um, opportunity. Jesus says this in red letters, John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. I think the art of neighboring fits here. A plug, a reminder for the art of neighboring. When's the last time you, I have a new neighbor next door, need to, this week? Before you and God, I'm going to walk across the fence and introduce, because I don't know who they are. Just a reminder, are we practicing the art of neighboring? You know, speaking to people about God starts with our life speak. They won't even be interested if they don't think it's a real thing in your life and mine. They won't even hear us out. But, And we talked about the words, but Paul ends right here in the passage this morning. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is our actual mouth speak. This is our mouth speak. Let your conversation be full of grace. Not talking about someone behind their back. That's, That's not gracious conversation. Not gossiping. Being kind to someone when you aren't or haven't been or when they haven't been so kind to you. Uh, Even talking good about that person. Finding good things about them in their life and encouraging them in one way or another. Finding um, those good things and focusing on them. Communicating hope and eternal life to someone who we might not think too highly of or even like. But taking the opportunity, if the door is open, to speak truth and grace in their life. That's a conversation full of grace. And then season with salt, Paul says. And I think what Paul's talking here about is, is don't be boring or unmoved when you're talking to someone about this. You know, honestly, and this is where the heart thing comes in. And, and it's got to be real and genuine or they'll see right through it. Does this really mean... Is this, real, is this really a big deal to you? I mean, do you really care that Jesus died for your life and, and, and that, that He has saved you and that you have eternal life because of the sacrifice that He... Has it made a difference in your life? And, and as you think about that and as you recognize that it does, communicate that to the other person. You know, and, and, and we used to say this in youth ministry all the time, um, It can't happen through you until it's happened to you. Right? When you, when you, when you go to a... Uh, well, we don't do this anymore. When you go to a website... Well, that doesn't really fit the illustration. If you went into a travel agency today and you said, Hey, I want to go on a trip. Uh, we we want to take a second honeymoon. We want to go to somewhere tropical. And they, 
and, and, and they tell you about two places. And they say, well, well, there's Cancun. And they hand you the brochure and they say, I hear it's really nice there. Okay? And then they say, and then there's Hawaii. And you know, I've been to Hawaii. And the beaches, the, the beaches are, like, are like brown sugar. And, and the food is amazing. And, and the, the people there that are serving you, they're just really awesome. And, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where are you going to go? Hawaii! Because you have heard firsthand from someone how great it was. So, so when, when we're thinking about using this mouth speak, what, what I'm challenging you with is don't just hand them br- the brochure and say, I hear it's nice in heaven. Tell them what it's been like in your life. What God is doing and what He has done. And, 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 and that seasons it with salt. What, what an incredible thing. I mean... Uh, the creator of the universe, okay? Think about how big the universe is, right? The creator of the universe knows that you're sitting here. He knows what's going through your head. He knows if you've been paying attention to me or if you've been thinking about other things. He knows all those. He knows how many hairs are on your head. For some of us, that's easier than others, right? But he does. Now, I mean, that is such a special thing that an all-powerful God who can speak things into existence cares about you and me. When we communicate that to someone and we season that with salt, amazing things happen. And then he finally, finally says this, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Okay, everyone is different and as we get to know people, um, God will give us wisdom about when to life speak and when to, you know, voice speak, mouth speak. And, and sometimes maybe we won't get that opportunity to actually talk to someone. But again, you've got to know they're watching. They're keeping an eye. And, and I don't think what Paul is saying is that we need to know the answer to every question. So don't get all anxious about that either. Well, what if they ask me something I don't know? It's okay. Take a deep breath. All you have to say is, that's a great question. I'll see if I can find somebody that can answer it. That's not awkward. That's not really scary. And you do that in your business probably all the time. Or as a teacher. We need to pray for that open door. Others, we need to realize that the door is wide open and waiting and that person is just... All we have to do is say the words. God has their heart ready. And we need to ask them, hey, would you, you ever think about Jesus? So, let's pray continuously. Devoted to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Let's pray for one another. Pray specifically for open doors and opportunities to share Christ. Let's speak to God on behalf of one another. And let's speak to people about God living lives of integrity and grace and proclaiming the mystery of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Oh, you are so good. And, and Father, I pray that, that you would that you would help us as Christ followers to live our lives as we have seen here in, in Colossians. This this entire book, this entire letter really um, 
Lord, may we have the root system and the foundation to, so that, so that we can continue to be devoted and, and faithful in whatever experience and times we're in in our life. And Lord, I pray that, that You would help us to see people that, whose hearts and minds are wide open. And Lord, I pray that You would challenge us to pray consistently and, and with devotion and watchfulness for one another and and look for those opportunities where we can where people can see that you are a God of grace and mercy and love. Lord help us in, in our everyday lives as we go about our day to Oh, just to, to respond to people in a gracious way. Those that are outside especially, Lord, um, so that so that we don't mar your name. Um, in our community. And, and Lord, I pray for our community. I pray for our churches. We pray that, that the truth of the gospel would go out and that it would bear fruit. Thank you for this incredible gift and opportunity that we have together in Christ's name. Amen.